0: Welcome to In Momentary Life. I'm your host, Jabril Youssef. First and foremost, we need to thank our Patreon community. Every little bit you give goes directly to the bottom line, helps keep the lights on, and ultimately allows us to reach more people. In addition, 20% of your gift goes to support clean water projects and tree planting efforts around the globe so if you like what we're putting out please consider supporting our mission and become a member today at patreon.com slash
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to In Momentary Life. I am your host, Jibril Youssef, and I'm so happy to be doing another one of these episodes a little differently with an interview. You know, we've done a few of these before, we do a lot of different stuff here. If you aren't familiar, please feel free to go back and uh, take a look at what we've got going on this podcast. But uh, a pleasure to speak today to Aaron Taylor, a uh, engaged citizen, a carpenter um, teacher Teacher. Yeah, tell us how would you describe yourself? What makes Aaron Aaron? I like to start with
2: I'm a gardener. <laughs> it's a thing that I've been doing most consistently uh, for 14 years. And uh, a soil builder, so composting, you know. A noble uh, undertaking. (laughs) It all starts with soil, you know, when you're making a garden, so. Um, Well, quite literally, it all starts with, we wouldn't be
1: here if not for...
2: Yeah. uh, Um, But I'm like a dabbler, so like I can't really stick to one thing too long. Like I was a teacher and then I had to stop and go do carpentry a bit and then i've come back to teaching i did some gig work and i have a new job coming up that's i'm pretty excited about so um can you tell us
1: anything about this new job yeah
2: yeah it's cool it's um this alternative mental health clinic that um this couple and their best friend run together and I, I don't even know the name of it. I'm, I'm kind of, like, friendly with, with the owners. Um, and they have a bunch of patients that are on Medicaid. And, and Medicaid has this program called Comprehensive Community Services, which is based on the idea that um, people who suffer from uh, mental health issues, problems, and illnesses, that uh, life enrichment activities to enrich their lives... Um, will help them with uh, their mental health problems. So the clinic... Such a novel, simple idea. Yeah, it's crazy that, you know, Medicaid is is paying for this stuff. But so the three licensed therapists that own it do traditional sort of talk therapy with with, uh, many of the folks at their clinic. And then there's this, like, menu uh, of life enrichment and and other services that are offered. And I will be on that menu, um, as I guess it's sort of like life coaching. I'm going to be on there for, uh, creative writing, um, art therapy, nature therapy, uh, and I I think it's like going to be, um, skills development. So leaning on my, my teaching experience and certification, um, Yeah, probably end up helping folks with stuff like interacting with their landlord, interacting with the legal system, taxes, whatever stressful stuff that they're having a hard time, um, which can be doubly hard if, if, um, you know, you're neurodivergent or you got like issues going on, uh, that make it tough to like navigate, the quote unquote normal people world, um,
0: you know, just like I'm,
1: what is that I'm going anyway, well right we, I mean that's a little bit of what we'll get into talking about today. Um, but that's a wonderful, awesome like I'm variety of, of disciplines that you've been into uh, yeah. makes you know so I we're doing this because Aaron and I know each other, and Aaron pointed me to a, a podcast mm-hmm. uh, called the Regular People podcast. So uh, take a look at that if uh, if you fancy. It's interviews with all kinds of different "quote unquote" again normal people, right? Uh, and and it was a, a conversation about good and evil. That was at least where y'all started, and uh, I found it very very intriguing for a number of reasons. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, some topics that I want to dig into a little bit here today so I'm hoping that this will be the perfect opportunity to have a kind of you know very expansive conversation uh, where we can you know really uh, get into some of the nuance that often is not uh, that's ignored or that people don't appreciate you know so much again in the normal people world
2: yeah, it's it's a, actually surprising to me how much people kind of gloss over like ethics or like questioning like
1: what's right and wrong. You know, it's it a lot of people just like, oh yeah, it's simple. I'm like, is it? Most people are I just realized this this morning. Most people are just kind of skating through life doing what it's like your mind turns you know you have thoughts and then once you do those thoughts enough it turns into habit Mm. and i feel like a lot of people really just get stuck in that habit or i was just thinking of you know um in a musical performance you know i'm thinking about like what are the things that i could be doing right and like utilizing more of that space moving around you know uh uh, playing with the space between me and the microphone, like being dynamic about that. And, and what al- would allow me to do that, right, is becoming more automatic in the things that I'm doing, versus singing and playing the guitar. Once those things become like second nature or automatic, mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot easier to play in that space around. And I feel like that's the world that a lot of people are living in is people end up fi- feeling into uh, falling into ruts and patterns and mm-hmm. doing the things that are automatic for them and the question is I guess how do we get outside of that
2: Right. That, that alone is a great question I often wonder like you know when I meet people you know what's the difference what makes one person this sort of you know these people that you meet that are super self reflective and, and who look at their behaviors and are constantly trying to like sort of Bring consciousness to the, the, their their automatic behaviors and make adjustments and improve the programs that they're sort of running in their life. And then there's the other people who you meet and they don't seem to be doing very much of that at all. Sometimes it takes like really serious crises for them to to, to look at at their behavior and make behavioral adjustments at all. And even then, like some people, crises and they still don't even want to look at themselves. You know, and I wonder, it's like how, what what is it that causes You know one type of person versus the other
1: well I mean it has been that it has been that for me you know and we talked a little bit about this but um, my my crisis was that I was in an abusive relationship seven years ago Mm. and uh, and that was something that uh, caused me to look at my behavior you know I was abusive toward toward my Mm. partner my partner was abusive toward me um, and regardless of how I feel about you know, what happened on their end, what I experienced, um, I, I also, I had to take responsibility for my action, you know, regardless, outside of what they did. You know, and I, I think this is some of it, is that people fall into that blame game, mm-hmm. right? And they say, well, you, you mm-hmm. did this, and that mm-hmm. caused me to do this, mm-hmm. or you were the quote-unquote aggressor, so my, my action know isn't my action is quote-unquote self-defense mm-hmm. and justified
2: from yeah. yeah
1: justified and for me that that just isn't the reality for me is that you know regardless yes you did some things to me and you treated me in some ways that did not um, we're not respectful of my humanity mm-hmm. but that does not excuse the ways that I returned that behavior to you right it's understandable
2: but also it's not a reason to not look at your behavior and criticize yourself and try to figure out you know how could I have reacted better how could I have reacted in a way that's gonna that would have created a better outcome you know just
1: just, for everyone listening we are in a park uh, surrounded by uh, by streets and we have some some uh, loud loud trucks going by so so excuse the interruption, because uh, the beauty of this experience in terms of being out in the sun and, and, and with the wind, you know, is, uh, is hopefully worth it, um, but just so you can understand a little bit more of where we are. And, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Aaron. Please you know, continue.
2: That interruption just made me remember how much um, I'm enjoying the partial shade of this tree. It's creating the perfect temperature um, right now.
1: I feel so comfy. <laughs> I did. When we sat down, I said that it lo- it felt like this tree was hugging the picnic table that we're sitting at. So, um, so let's, I mean, I think we're already there a little bit, but you know, this gets into this conversation, um, something that came out of that, that talk that I listened to or that conversation between y'all and on the other podcast, um, materialism versus spirituality. And you described yourself as a materialist, mm-hmm. um, I would say I have maybe a different, a little bit of a different perspective, but you know, so I want to see where this interplay is and where the balance is, you know, the kind. Of, I, I would say I come to the world from a perspective of, well of course what we see in front of us is real to some extent. Although I don't think we necessarily know that extent, but it is mm. true that I have fingers, I can touch them right now, you know, we could reach out and touch each other, we're looking at each other. Mm. Um, but I, I also, my experience is that oftentimes what is on the surface doesn't get to the heart of the issue and that like, like, I can just talk about people, right? That I am not my body. I am not my parts. I am not my skin color. I mean, to, to a degree, those things affect everyone's experience here. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, you know, it's materialistic. But, um, but I feel like the, the juice of life, like <laughs> the, the core of it is, is that, that we are like soul or spirit. Um, and then in fact, you know, everything that we see is energy and some of that Energy is concentrated in matter, you know matter is just like low vibrating energy um, But that but that there's a lot more at play and that in order to see the world in its true sense we have to get like under the surface, out of the materialistic world and see it in, an, in another way. Or maybe maybe see it um, in its intersection with the material world. So I'm curious what you think of that and where, yeah. where you stand.
2: Yeah. Um, love everything you just said. Um, it's interesting because that, that episode on Wade's podcast, uh, The Regular People, was recorded, I think, like
1: two three years ago also we get a little bit of an update
2: right so it's like um and i would i want to clarify like i think in that episode i'm talking about materialism as in like a the philosophical perspective that like the universe is physical and that it like follows laws of physics and that it can be like understood right that's like materialism not to be confused with materialistic where like you're super into like buying stuff that was built in factories you know because i'm totally not materialistic but also, I've been changing a lot in how I think, and it's kind of been rapid recently. Um, because, uh, you know, my my oldest brother uh, is like a very materialist, science science thinker kind of like super atheist guy. My dad is very similar, super atheist. Science thinker and 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 I run into these kind of like really atheist people who are certain that there is nothing magical going on. There is no god, and um, and they know they know that and they know a lo- they they know a lot. They're you know it
0: alls. There are a
1: lot of people who know a lot. Aaron. Yeah, they they're know it alls, and they are very very <laughs> sure of what they know, think they but, know, but.
2: uh Yeah, and I I think science is exciting, like, the scientific worldview is that, like, yeah, we can understand the rules by which this phenomena, this universe works, and I think that that's partially true and partially not, because, like, every time we discover
1: something about how it works, there's just, you know, ten more questions, well, here's one in particular that that makes me think is you know you talk you talk about physics or even understanding how the, the quote unquote universe works and right mm-hmm. how have scientists determined the laws of physics by observing the universe right observing the environment around or doing experiments mm-hmm. and observing that but we've also learned recently through science
0: mm-hmm.
1: that uh, that particles that matter that energy. Acts differently when it's being observed, as you know, from when it's not being observed. So, so in terms of yeah. when you talk about physics and the quote-unquote laws of physics, this is why I don't really do laws. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I am a, I'm an anarchist. I'm an abolitionist. You know, I come from that perspective. But, uh, and I and I think laws can be very very constraining. Not only, uh, not only in the reality of like being here and going through the world but but in terms of what we envision and what we what we can imagine to be true so mm-hmm. from my perspective there are, yes there are certain things that happen to people but laws of physics like i don't think we know anything about the universe other than the extremely small slice that we've observed which the thing is, we don't even know what we don't know, so anything could be possible. That's where I'm at. So, so
2: yeah, to- totally. And um... I don't know. I, I guess I wouldn't go as far as to say we can't know anything. But but actually, yeah, I would. We can like make really good guesses, but like we don't really know. And I, and I think the big turning point for me, from this sort of uh, know-it-all that I was when I was younger, this really atheistic know-it-all who... who... <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of bad things to say about my younger self. Um, Go ahead, we can... But, we're, but, we're, uh, <laughs> we're here, we're here. <laughs> but I think honestly it was contemplating um, the the simulation theory, which made me really shift over to like, wait a minute, like, we don't really know anything at all.
1: Right. right. And when some of the quote-unquote smartest people in our in our observable universe say, well, we could just be living in a simulation. Right. There's no way of knowing. Yeah. How, and, then how, and then how do we know anything?
2: Right. But m- when I moved into that area where I started approaching people with an attitude of I don't know, mm. um, I feel like something like almost magical started happening in my life. Like my relationships were changing for the better uh, so fast. And, and uh, my relationships with people that I had known for a long time, my relationships with strangers, um, uh, my ability to connect with other people. Um, when I dropped that, that facade or that, that ego that was wrapped up in being the one who
1: knew better uh, yeah, you become open to learning and I would say specifically with people this also applies with people because I, I Realized it by myself and I realized it about the people that I was in relationship with again We'll say like I know that person mm. But I don't actually believe there's any way to know people There's a you know, we, we can walk with people um, There's a way to maybe get to know people better by inquiring more about being curious, but I realized that, you know, I think a lot of times um, people fall into patterns of judgment of mm-hmm. other people, you know, and it's really easy to project our own shit onto someone else, mm-hmm. particularly when you've only seen glimpses of that person's life here and there. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when I realized that that, oh, people are reacting to me this way because they don't know me because they've only seen moments of me and Mm -hmm. I am with me all the time and I'm I'm in my mind and my body Mm -hmm. and I am like galaxies and universes within myself and people are only seeing you know this afternoon here or this night here or this tweet online or this video and it's like there's no way that we can appreciate fully who and what people are unless for me, you know, it's being in that that mindset of curiosity with people and saying, oh, you said something and, tra- you know, there's an element of trust and particularly, you know, to hope that for me, this is what I'm looking in my for in my friendships these days is people saying, you know what, you just said something that like seems a little off to me, or I don't completely understand, or, you know, it's making me go to this place in my mind. Can you clarify what you meant? Can you say it in a different mm-hmm. way? Because I want to understand what you mean and where you're mm-hmm. coming from. Do you, uh you said you see, you know, your your relationships have, have changed. How have they changed? And, and do you, you know, do you have people who, react to you in that way?
2: Yeah, I think you mentioned, like, once you realize, yeah, that you listen. Um, And because when you think you know everything, you end up talking the whole time, and you never really get to meet the other person. Um, And so, yeah, I I feel like I, I, I know people better I don't and you said the another thing about like you, you see somebody little pieces of them and and you start to like you start to project like onto them either maybe positively you you think they're they're just like you, right? And you and you don't need to know cuz you already know. Or or they're or maybe even negatively or like they're like some stereotype of some type of person that you already know and so you don't really need to like listen to them and find out who they are and what they really are. Um but when you're like no, no, I can't just, like, put this person in a box right away. Like, I don't, I don't know who they are. I, I actually need to take the time to, like, hear them out and, like, experience them. And um, crazy things, people like that. <laughs> people like that when you're
1: actually, right. like, there. Right, that's, like, appealing to people. It, and I can say this from my perspective mm-hmm. as well, is to have people who are interested in you and what you're doing and not just... Not just on a surface level, though, and this is again where we get mm-hmm. under the surface. But like, I want to be loved for who I am, yeah, like, the real me, right? Yeah. Not that me that people yeah. seeing bits and
0: pieces,
2: yeah. Like, like if I put you into like a, a good stereotype in my mind or something, like ostensibly I like you, but like, do I really know you, right? Yeah. Well, so yeah, what people like to be witnessed, you know? They really like. Just to have their thoughts heard, to have their story heard, just be seen. And, um, yeah, I I think moving from a place of knowing it all to not knowing it all made me more curious to see other people and and hear their experience and their story. And I used to have, uh, I mentioned my my dad was an atheist. Uh, he kind of downloaded onto me a program that A really negative bias against religious folk and it's a it's a bias I've been working on shaking for a long time and um part of this like sort of rapid transformation that's happened over the past couple years is that um like I'm a I'm a believer in God now and I I don't know if God exists but I've chosen to believe um but there was this whole period of like really just like having these biases where I'm just like oh yeah religion is so stupid you know like that's what I would think I would for many years and like I couldn't even like listen to a religious person like speak about their experience or their ideas because like I just had this terrible bias against it and so, um, like you believe in fairy tales yeah it's of. like it's like childish or like you know you believe in some white man in the sky who tells uh, men that they shouldn't um, you know have sex with other men and stuff like it's
1: just ridiculous on that note people be careful monkey pox is a real thing <clears throat> and what is actually uh, homophobic about this is not is not providing the care that people need um, at the same time, this is something that can affect everyone. But let's yeah. let's do it in ways that are good.
2: <laughs> bad, I, I, I appreciate that aside. But um, that's kind of like my go-to of just, like, religion is dumb. And there are... I still definitely bring a critique to religion. I bring a critique... Try to bring a critique to everything, you know? I attack stuff because I want to... I want to pull out the bad parts and find the good stuff. And, and so... Um, but, yeah, now like one of your questions that you posed was, is, is religion ridiculous or is it helpful? And I do think it's both, but the more that I've allowed myself, um, to be in community with religious folk, you know, casting aside this bias that I had, um, I found that it actually isn't, most of them are not ridiculous about the way that they do it and the way that they use it.
1: I don't know if I'd say most, but I will say. Well, I've been walking among the.
2: I've been walking among
1: Quakers and Unitarians, so that's definitely a different okay, type maybe of a, religious a different folk. slice than, than I've had. <laughs> you know, I grew up. I grew up in uh, an Evangelic. Well, not Evangelical. They were. It was non-denominational, but I think what most people would consider, you know, Evangelical, not necessarily like mega church Joel Austin prosperity mm. Christianity, but something close to that. you yeah. know? think what we were taught was I mean what I, what I say to people I, I came away with was um, yoga is the religion of the devil and gayness is uh, something to be uh, either cured from or repressed uh, so I you know what what I will say I'm terrible I, I'm a'm I'm, like I said I'm a, I'm a non-judgmental person so So people, I've actually met people from, I believe that there are people in every belief, Mm -hmm. and that includes religion, every one of the religions out there who, um, how would you say this, are like, um, uh, you know, are are grounded in what they believe, Mm -hmm. uh, who you can have A conversation with about what they believe, why they believe it, what essentially what has where they came from, what has brought them to this point, and uh, and and maybe something about where they're going. You know, then there are other people who um believe everything out there and either don't really know what they believe, they kind of believe what they believe and they tell you what they believe because they've been told to believe it by Mm -hmm. someone. Uh, and they don't really know w- what goes, you know, what goes into those beliefs, or how they even ended up in the place that they are. Um, there are people in every belief system who use that belief system, you know, to attempt to control people, um, or you know, manipulate the situation to get what they want out of life. Uh, so, you know, I d- I, I will say that the, I believe that there's a spectrum of everything mm. in every belief system. At the same yeah. time, you know, I have. And and what my experience in Christianity has right? been hypocrisy. But mm. then again, yeah, that, maybe that, you know, that's not uh, exclusive to religion either.
2: Yeah, I was, as you were talking, I was also thinking, you know. You're talking about these two different types of people, sort of, in, in or the spectrum of oh, two, or three
1: more, right? Yeah, yeah the like, spectrum
2: yeah. of different folks, and that you you can't, and not just all the religions, but all the ideologies. You know, I, I think of like conservatism and progressivism and communism and all the other and, and atheism, which is like not a religion, but or scientism. You know. And that there are these people who animism, you know, <laughs> yeah, Hinduism, Buddhism. I don't like ag- to be agnost-
1: Agnosticism. Uh,
2: I don't like to be labeled, but I guess we have to label who ourselves. Does in. why? Why do we? Know? Okay, so let some people readily are like, I am this. I'm an anarchist, you know.
1: <laughs> you and know? They put themselves. Okay, in a, you know. I did. I did do that earlier. Thank you for pointing out my hypocrisy. Oh, I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> I typically don't, but I but. Here's the thing: to to want people to know where I'm coming from, and those those labels, (laughs) anarchist and you know, uh, an abolitionist, they I think they say something about me. Although I will say, people probably maybe from just hearing that got some crazy idea about who I am, sure, and don't know completely because these are all things that
0: I don't know. They're picturing you with a Molotov
1: cocktail.
2: Oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're throwing it at the bank right now or the police station. Uh, you know, you're dressed in all black. You've got the mask on. So I'm at a crossroads <laughs>
1: here between... Uh, it seems like maybe where we're going is that I could explain a little bit more where <laughs> I come from. Or I could ask the question, what is God? Uh, because I, wa- I want to know where you stand on that. Sure, okay. So I'll give a little bit of me and then I want to hear, you know, where you stand on that and what... what what you believe because again we can all have intricate and nuanced perspectives on these things Um, ultimately you know I believe that God is us is energy is that space in between that indescribable infinitesimal spark uh, that that is at the intersection of people And ideas and you know all of that 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 God as many people talk about you know is is vast and you know if you think about it as the universe or the energy of the universe everything that exists the fact that we're all made out of carbon you know again that we're talking about this this these trees and the grass and the sunlight and the wind and everything that we see here is made out of Energy, and we don't know exactly what. Um, we don't know exactly why we're here. Uh, and I will say that's not something that I need to debate or I don't feel a need to, you know, there are plenty of people, again, who have ideas about where we came from or what happened in the past or was it the Big Bang or was it creation or was it, and how long have we been here? And let's carbon date. You know, I think a lot of that is guessing and not knowing. <laughs> um, when yeah. I say I'm an anarchist, what i mean is that this is actually the this is actually what i've observed we have already is i believe we live globally in an anarchistic society which means all that means is that everybody's out here doing their own thing doing whatever they want to some degree you know you, you got you got Elon Musk you know who has only maybe gotten to the place that he has out of anarchism, because he's out here like, well, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want, and this is this is the best thing that I can come up with. Mm-hmm. That I, you know, now there are a lot of people who are constrained from actually being able to live that life. But regardless of that, each and every one of us makes choices mm-hmm. and decides what kind of life do I want. Um, regardless, you know, and and I've found that it's. Positive for me to view all of the potential choices in front of me, rather than constrain my choices based on where I see myself at in my situation currently. Although I recognize that that is a reality for a lot of people, um, and and this this society I do see is very constraining. One of the most constraining parts. will pause for this wonderful red truck to pass uh it was a dump truck now who hasn't played with it what little okay uh, i'm gonna say a gender Person? term here <laughs> well yeah but right it's mostly like little boys right little girls would they play with barbies although i, I just talked with uh well i just talked with a um, a trans woman who has just come out you know about playing with the barbie when, when she was younger but Uh, you know, what little quote unquote boy hasn't played with a red truck or it's like the most iconic little toy out here. But that's another, you know, I um, had a yellow dump truck as a kid. Oh, I never had, I didn't, I never had a red, red, red truck. Um, Toys, interesting things. But, um, you know, so I refer, uh, here comes the abolitionist part, is I feel that what constrains people in society is institution
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and so you know that if um, again my conception of God and us being infinite um, and wonderful and creators um, I see the, the best positive outcome that I could see is one where uh, any institutions or systems that, or frameworks that we set up um, are there to benefit people and ensure that we all have the resources that we need to live our lives um, uh, fully and, and in our purpose and, and passion. And uh, I wish that we could find a way to do that, and I am in the process of doing that. Mm-hmm. every day despite the hindrance against me so that's that's a little more about how I identify yeah it sounds like you said
2: anarchy is about recognizing freedom of choice and, and even going getting really creative and imaginative about the possibilities in life and then it's also about this is what I heard you say was it's, it's about recognizing that a lot of the systems that have been put in place be they the large corporations the governments um,
1: are, are what are hindering people from having more freedom and choice. Yeah, yeah, and I do not steal. I'm an anarchist who does not steal. Sure, because, yeah, I'm even to eat, if I needed to eat food... Most of the anarchists, people you know, who
2: identify as anarchists that I know, have super high ethical standards that they place
1: on themselves. They're not any kind of amoral folks. And that's why I believe that... Orientation is most advantageous because it requires us each to think about who am I mm. as a person. What am I now? It, and it and it doesn't disregard the social structure, right? But it's literally a you know. I think a lot of people put a lot of and I've been there in my life, and I've done that. You know, put a lot of responsibility on the community for for where I am in my life, and uh, and, and and what's going on. And there's an interplay between those things. Um, you know, it's a consci- it's a loop that the individual and the community feed into each other. But ultimately, I, I I believe that the place has to be with the individual because if we come to community in a way that is deficient, where we're not feeding in into each other or have something to you know value a value to give, then I mean each each individual person being their best adds that much more to the community. Yeah, there's this weird
2: interplay between the individual and the group. Because I I do a lot of, like, political organizing. I'm some kind of... I would describe myself as some kind of socialist or social democrat. Somebody who's trying to, like, reform our legal economic system to be more fair. But at the same time, like, yeah, I, I, I very much try and, you know, look at... Recognize that it all comes down to individual choices, right? The, the, the group decision comes down to individual choices from how we vote, but also to how we treat each other, um, how how we decide to think, how we decide to spend our money. Like all of these individual choices matter, but then like the system creates constraints. So then I also see that like, we have to like change the system and create better systems that, that then allow people to make better to make choices. better choices. Yeah, yes, my yeah. whole my whole thing when I'm talking to people is like people be like, "Well, oh, that's just the way it is," and I'm like, <laughs> "Or, or like, no, sir, you will not not today. <laughs> like." I was I was knocking doors. Well, I don't know if I want to go too far into that because that would be a whole thing, but um, you know, I want to I want to promote systems that make it easier to do the right thing and harder to do the wrong thing.
1: Right. That seems... Can we all agree with that? Do you agree with that? (laughs) That doesn't seem very hard to agree with, right? Yeah.
2: So why do we have (laughs) such
1: a hard time doing it?
2: I want to... So that takes me back to your question about God. Yes. So... I was an atheist. and, And then I slowly move to agnostic, and agnostic means not knowing, right? So gnosis is to know, agnostic is to not know. And I'm, I'm agnostic about almost everything, like we went over earlier. It's like we can't really know anything for certain, so I'm just like, I don't know. I can have good guesses and stuff like that. I know that I can't know what God is. I can't know if God exists. I can't know what the laws are of this universe, what created this universe, how old Earth is whether or not ancient aliens exist or we're inside of a simulation. Um, Like, I can't know that stuff. But I've noticed that, like, the world of ideas is really strange and interesting. And when I chose to believe that, that there was some kind of intelligence some kind of force or energy that's like underlies the physical reality it's sort of like like a metaphys. like mm, I don't I don't know there's the idea that there's one God mm-hmm. which is kind of like I believe well, that like there's like this whole universe this thing like is god right it it it's all of us it's the trees it's the grass it's the water it's space the stars it's this whole process that's happening and that's like the one god but then like that god has like many faces you know it 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 has even just the elements that I that I mentioned like there's like there's the spirit that became humans and there's the spirit that became plants and there's you know a spirit of love and there's a spirit of greed and and so all of these sort of um, parts are at play and and I guess sometimes when I talk about I've chosen to believe that God exists is that I've chosen to believe that there are these magical forces that are happening under the surface and happening in ways that we don't really understand um, and I've seen forces of evil at play in our world and, and but at the same time I've, I've seen forces of good um, I often say sometimes that uh, you know I've, I feel like when people wrote the word God they just forgot a letter there's supposed to be another O in there
1: you know like I, I'm what I'm looking for is goodness yeah, or, or love, you know. Right, right, and this is this comes down to you know what the kind of the next question that's formulating in my mind is, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about this a couple of days ago is like, what does it matter what we believe? What does belief even mean, or you know, d- does it have any, uh, you know, because because we we want to create good, like you said, goodness or a positive effect. Uh, or or as I as I think you as you put it at one point or as y'all talked about in in the regular people podcast interview was this idea of like uh, goodness like rippling out the -hmm. idea of a a, a stone being cast into the water and Mm -hmm. and you've seen the ripples and uh, you know as again impact Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not necessarily intentions but maybe intentions are the beginning of it but then Mm -hmm. you have to follow through And so, does viewing the world in different ways, I guess the only question that I ask for myself is, does the way that I view the world create positive impact? Is that the way that you see it? Do you think other people are looking at it similarly or is it a different thing? Yeah, it does seem like the way that we
2: think about the world can transform it. Like, like when I was like m- more of this like know it all, like not believing in anything magical or, or, I like I could, when I looked at all the evidence, I stack up all the facts. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is depressing. Like, I am certain that the world is headed for disaster. It's very I...
1: discouraging. If you look at and tabulate all of the things, yes. That but you... then
2: when I decided that there are magical forces at play and I can ally myself with this magical energy that can
1: transform reality. That I can be a vessel for that positive energy to come through and, and maybe affect other people. And then it started happening, you know?
2: Um... It's like you can't you can't see the thing that you don't believe exists or you're not looking for but you can't even look for it if you don't believe it exists
1: so what if it's actually in the act of believing that we bring it into existence because the the mind you know works in very different ways i was just listening to something yesterday about um uh, about the placebo effects and and how this this is actually a thing You know Where people believe That what you're giving to them Is You know The, the actual medication Rather than Just a pill Full of nothing mm-hmm. uh, Are They get better And it's not And it's not only uh, Oh they believe That they're better Like You can actually Measure pe- pe- they get Scientists have actually measure <laughs> these things With brain scans Like they actually Get better It's incredible So is is believing does believing bring that about what's the interplay it definitely
2: seems like it i mean it definitely seems like belief can be the medicine that's what i've experienced and and um i just i really love the idea that like of just letting people have their own Ideas about God, I've really loved that, and um, it's just really beautiful to to really, you know, ask somebody what they think God is and, and listen. You hear a variety of responses, but there is like this thread of commonality, and it, and ah, uh, bro, I don't, I don't know. It's it, it's like magic when I started thinking this way and started believing, like, that things were possible and and that it's really rippled outward in my life because it's just so crazy how, how much I've been able to affect other people positively in my life by having a positive attitude myself and by offering help and by... And then I and I know that those people are then carrying that that into their lives.
1: Um, How has your relationship with yourself changed through this process?
2: Uh, I laugh at myself more now. In like a, a really joyful way, like if I'm. Uh, Sort of um, catching myself, sort of uh, not not living up to the uh, my, the standards for my. I put like these expectations on myself, and then I, even though I, do, you know, I do have these high expectations for myself, but also like I don't know. I lo- I love myself more. I'm more loving towards myself. I think it actually started there, maybe. What do you mean when you say more loving? How does that manifest itself? I forgave myself for mistakes. I recognized that I that like it's okay because you can learn from them and then and then uh, you do better. And um, seeing the positive in myself, and also like taking those natural tendencies I have. Uh, that uh, that are both superpowers and super weaknesses and I've learned over time to just um, you know temper them so that uh, so they don't come out as weaknesses and, and just as come out as strengths um, so kind of through, a, yeah I guess it's just something that came with time and wisdom and growing and, and and believing that I could be better like I, I remember uh, using positive self-talk and it was really weird because I grew mm. up I grew up with a lot of negativity from um, from my father me and my older brother's experience and my mother we all experienced and still do when I interact with my father a lot of negativity and, and he's a man who, who has a lot of Bad things to say about himself, other people, the world, and so that was my norm: was well, to, to hate myself, you know, to a, criticize. There's myself. a lot of
1: negative energy balled up in male bodies. So, yeah, there is. Um,
2: so I kind of had to like tell myself like lies at first. Is like, Aaron, you're kind. You know, and I didn't really wasn't really great at being kind, but like, I knew there were times when I had been kind, and I thought of those times, and I'm like, Aaron, you are kind, mm. and by telling myself that, I was able to be that more. Um, you know, Aaron, you're patient. Something I've been terrible at, but like that that by recognizing that I could do it and that all it took was willing to be it and, and and recognizing those times when I was patient and being like, yes, do that more. Mm. And finding strategies. Because and, and, then once you tell yourself that, then you, it's like you're holding yourself accountable. It's like,
1: now I want to live up to it. So encouraging and applauding yourself for the positives rather than, ah, oh, you know, you did This is just how wrong. I am. or and this is or just that, how I am. Yeah. Yes, yes. Now that... You're talking about... You're getting into... I mean, I, this is really you're talking about goodness rippling out even within yourself and I think that's an interesting you know again of how do we how do we find more of that in ourselves because I would agree you know I've I've seen I've seen and observed in myself um, a huge spectrum of behaviors and emotions and thoughts and uh, you know sometimes I wonder sometimes I wonder how people separate themselves from everyone else so much. When mm-hmm. I have seen in myself so many of the, the impulses or insecurities, you know, that lead people to so many destructive places in the world, and yet I've chosen a different path, right? So that who I am, who I represent to people... Uh, well, the fact that people see me in all different kinds of ways, that, that is also true. I realized that the other day. You know, some people... See, see me as God. Some people see me as Jesus. Some people see me as the devil.
0: Mm-hmm. Some people
1: see me as a man. Some people have seen me as a woman.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: some people, some people, maybe few see me for who I am. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's a that I I love that because it's really getting to the crux of it is how do we bring out the best in ourselves and again when we say you know I asked that question of you because when we say love what do we mean and for me I think it boils down to like self-care being gentle with myself Mm -hmm. um, uh, planning or sometimes being spontaneous about doing things that are exciting and Mm -hmm. joyful just for the just for what they are just for the experience I don't know are you having any, any more
0: thoughts
2: mm. it's interesting like, patience was a big one for me see I'm, a, I'm an Aries <laughs> and that astrological sign I mean I don't know if it's those things are true but it definitely seems to be true for me very impatient, impulsive person when I was younger and, and I've been doing behavioral adjustment to bring more patients into my life for several years now. And uh, it's just interesting how many how that focusing on that one virtue sort of has rippled out because um, patience allow me to um, listen better and listening better allow me to serve better because like when i was younger i thought i knew everything so it's like well i'll just do i know what's right so i'll just like do that but then like you don't even the person might need something different how do you know what they need unless you're willing like how they need to be helped or how how you can be what what you can offer them unless you're like slow down shut up take a breath and listen so so you're describing (laughs) you're
1: describing the white male savior complex sure yeah and I definitely I know what you're you know and getting outside of that how important it is to to meet people right mm-hmm. to to hear them to know what yes I think all of us need help could use assistance mm-hmm. right need each other mm-hmm. in different kinds of ways but the question is how mm-hmm. and oftentimes those uh you know, those lines get crossed and and someone might be helping someone in the way that they want to, but the person who's receiving the help doesn't feel helped because they really need something else. And so so you talk about listening, talk about patience. What you know, what are other ways that we can open that space up for people or, or, or create that kind of environment in, in our life and relationships? y'all you know, you're asking me like I got the answers <laughs> hey we're just a disclaimer we do not have the answers here we are doing our best yeah and trying to get down to the root of it again back to that soil reference the root of it
2: yeah so yeah I mean listeners just take whatever is is useful and rings true for you um, yeah patience has been huge Um listening has been huge. Um I while well, I was thinking about what you were saying is it's like interesting because the intent the good intention was still there when I was younger. Like I wanted I was I thought you know I had I was like I wanted to be a good person. And and I it's not that I was a bad person, but like it doesn't Yeah, it's kind of like it, it, you're just uh, you're trying to help but but you're ignorant. And and um, you're ignorant of how to help. Um, so, so I, I guess one of my things is like, yeah. If you if you if you think you you know, just like have that space to to doubt yourself, because I think it, there's this really important like back and forth between doubt and faith, and and there are people I think who doubt too much, and there are people who, who have too much faith and it's really important to keep checking back in it's like okay i I think this work that i'm doing i think these these um you know behaviors that i'm that i'm um this rut that i'm in like what i'm doing i think it's good but it's good to check back in and just and just be like okay but am i am i doing the right thing and i think the only way is you got to check in with the community you have to check in with the people around you and that doesn't even have to necessarily be a, a conversation but it but it's an introspection where you stop and you think about and you look at like the ways that other people are reacting to you that can be a really good indication of of if what you're doing is right because I, I really think it does come down to community and I, I derive a lot of my purpose from being able to Offer things to other people. And I think that's pretty human. That's pretty generally a human thing that we we want to be valuable to others in some way, right? Um, so yeah, willing a willingness to edit and reprogram yourself. You know? I think that's really important because it, it, it can't just be good intentions good in, good intentions alone are not enough. We have to be really smart about how we're going about trying to help. We have to be really observant and 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 goal
1: focused yes i, I agree i i think i think the intentions are the beginning of that road absolutely right the intentions are the beginning that hopefully then lead you to the listening right mm- mm-hmm. um to say, okay, I, like, I have this really great intention. I want to help people in whatever kind of way. And and this is the this is the interesting thing for me is that, you know, when you talk, like, when you ask people if if you could do anything and money wasn't an issue, you know, mm-hmm. what would you do? And four out of five people, you know, it's some kind of humanitarian cause. Um, and then you know, whoever's left over, you know, it's probably just like, leave me alone and hang out. Or maybe I'll, I'll do, I'll go off in this corner and like do creative projects or there's some sort of balance, you know, between those things. I'm sure people would do multiple, but... Um, mm-hmm helping people, right? Okay, so then I uh, have this really good intention. Well, let's let's determine if this is actually a need,
0: mm-hmm. right? Number
1: one, let's, if it, if it is a need, uh, okay, like, let's get down a little bit more. Let's talk to people, like, what, how do they, how do the people who are, like, in the middle of this need uh, feel that the best way is to attack the problem, you know, or, or to, to create some kind of... Um, uh, space where then people have the ability to come out of that that place that they're in right and and once you get down to that and you have conversations okay then you hang out you know then maybe you can start doing something and and it'll have like positive impact i think what happens a lot of times is people have like good intention and they're like boom i'm gonna go there and start doing you know this everyone needs ice cream
0: I'm
1: (laughs) i'm gonna go to this poor neighborhood and you know what they really need is some good vibes and some ice cream you know yeah hey that could be part of the solution, you hey. never know, but um, but that's not going to change. Like the, you know, the the, the realities and the uh, oppressive nature of like how economic poverty like Sharpies. exists in the world, right? Um, but I think there are, yeah. So let let me ask. I think because I think this is a good juncture. Do you believe that people are intrinsically good or bad?
2: No, neither no I know I, I don't believe that people are intrinsically good or bad. I think we're a, a product of nature and nature only cares about
1: what can survive like what can exist okay so you, that's great because you know my next question and get a little bit further down here you know and to talk about it in a way that maybe some spiritual folks would understand is, you know, is human nature altruistic or maybe sinful? Uh,
2: I would I would say it's both. I would say it's both. The, the The thing is that and I talked about this on Wade's podcast too, but it's fine. We'll do it here. Um, I have a a lot of, uh, like, um, biology history. I've read books on evolutionary biology and stuff, so I I do kind of think about it in this way. Um, Any strategy for survival that works will probably present Mm, itself. Yes, I
1: remember you saying this. Yeah, Yeah. so so it's like the, you know, selfishness. So people can succeed by sharing, or people can succeed by stealing and keeping everything to themselves. Yeah. So so then maybe we're back to this we're back to this topic then of like creating you know an environment or the conditions that would make it easier yeah for people to make good decisions i have some ideas on that and they involve free education absolutely housing food food, health care mental and physical for people and then you know as i would say call it like uh A universal basic income or something to trade and exchange between people but you know uh, either to dig into that or to go beyond or you know do you have any other ideas of ways that we could make this place a little easier for all of us to exist and then you know eventually to find ourselves and to thrive and uh get to that question of like what does it mean to be human
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i i think i'm right with you on um providing for basic um, necessities. Um, we are in an abundance uh, economy. We live in a world of abundance. The only um, scarcity is created by um, legal and economic systems. Um, it's There is enough resources for us to house, feed, provide clean water education um, for every all the 8 billion people on this planet. Like, we can do that. So,
1: and you're someone who can say that because you don't intrinsically believe that people are good or bad. So here's an example of where our beliefs affect the world that we are creating or even envision, I see where you're
2: going. Like, if I believe that people were intrinsically bad, then I would believe that, like...
1: You know, either oh, that you're, greed you're would would
2: always be so powerful that that we would never be able to distribute the resources to take care of everyone. Huh. Yeah, but yeah, but because,
1: or that or that once people got those resources, you know, by the by the nature of people being bad, you know, they're not going to be able. To, some or some people,
2: they're going to stop working, bad.
1: right? <laughs> they're
2: going right. to stop contributing. Oh, I've
1: heard that one. Yeah,
2: I've heard it a lot too, and and I do think there's some truth to it. I think we have to consider that viewpoint. Um, but most of the evidence actually shows contrary to that, that that people will, if we do like universal basic income or something, that, that most of the evidence now for the long-term studies is showing that people are more productive.
1: Entrepreneurship goes up. You've, yeah, because you like give them...
2: This is sort of my belief, is once you give people once you give people a place of safety and security, um, then they're free to explore reality, explore what um, life has to offer, to to challenge themselves in in whatever ways they want to and grow in whatever ways that they want to. It's just really sad to me. It's so depressing that um, we've created a world where so many people... Are living in so much fear and and don't have their basic
1: necessities um, available to them and because of that like you said people living in fear that creates in people a fear of the other then because you see you know and I've I've felt this in my own life you know seeing oh you know I don't have what I need therefore the people who are keeping it from me you know are the enemy yeah um and it creates uh at least the 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 breeding ground for ideologies that include or go up to i can do whatever i need to or um you know up to even hurting or maybe killing someone to get what i need
0: mm
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I mean, the studies are super clear on, on uh, crime. It's not talked about a lot on American media, but, like, decades of research shows you reduce poverty and crime plummets. It, it most... Right. So going back to your thing, I think mo- mostly the tendency of people seems to be uh, cooperate. I, I don't think selfishness is the main strategy that people use.
1: I, I think it now, seems like people... That is a Toyota Prius, people, if you can believe that. <laughs> That's an old one. But cooperation, you were saying. Yeah,
2: and the and, well, other thing is we create... Within our cultures, we create um, sort of systems that di- disincentivize selfishness. Because... Um, if somebody, usually the group will attack an individual who is too greedy, right? So we kind of punish. We we tend to punish people who kind of take more than their fair share, right?
1: Do we? I mean, it seems like we kind of reward in Amer- them in America.
2: It seems that way, but look globally, yeah. and and also yeah, we we've we've got ourselves in a situation where we have systems that are rewarding them. But I I think. I don't think that's human nature, and, and I think, I think we're at a turning point because I feel like people are starting to realize that we've created a system that's unfair, and that lets kind of these, you know, crooks get away with, with um, taking more than their fair share and, and hurting a lot of people in the process of getting really rich.
1: Well, so and, and so on that note, I want to go back very quickly to this question of like whether people will work if you don't make them. And actually, I, I feel like that's a classic example of projection, like who do we have peddling this myth, what I actually call the big lie. Mm-hmm. It's it's the CEOs, it's the, it's the capitalists, it's the ones who literally are not doing anything, <laughs> like they don't work, <laughs> they have all this, you know, capital to move around and make investments and buy things and quote unquote create jobs, you know, and then they say, oh, All those, you know, all those little people, like, they wouldn't work unless we drove them to, with the, you know, with the carrot of fiat money in exchange for labor, um, Mm -hmm. when my experience is, uh, you know, and I, and I have a talk that I'm, that I actually talk more about this, so I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to share my story around this, but around, uh... You know, work is that I realized I, I was, to to any degree that I've struggled with mental health and depression, a lot of it came from uh, meeting the expectations of others or myself. You know, um, mostly as a as it relates to like who I am or how I was expressing myself uh, personally, bodily. Um, but then also in work so that like you know we're all involved in this situation where we are making ourselves we make ourselves do things throughout the day and uh, you know some of some of it is it's because we need to Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know to, to literally to stay alive like we need whether you generally like what you're doing or whether you don't like what you're doing so much there are all these things that people need to do to survive, and uh, I feel like that just psychologically puts us in places where um, we're not as grounded in our in our passions and our purpose, because we're, we're it just, it takes so much energy to shift our focus. Um, you know, the idea that creative people need need room and time to be bored you know Mm -hmm. not do anything Um, so this is so I view this as like right what we have right now we're stifling the creativity in our system in our people we're not allowing the creativity to thrive because we're so overloaded with tasks you know not only in work but in our personal lives and so what I observed was that you know through my in my journey into self-employment is that at a, at a couple certain points, I made it. Uh, I was very intentional about not not making myself do anything, and I talk about this. And one of the times was the beginning of the the pandemic, early 2020. You know, we stayed inside for three months, didn't go anywhere. Um, maybe the grocery store a couple times. I was living with my mom and my brother at the time and just doing what I needed. I was managing a couple Airbnbs at the time and I ju- was just doing what I needed to clean those, turn those over, you know, and make sure that I was good on my finances. But other than that, you know, I, I in my spare time, a lot of what I felt like doing at that time, you know, and that was a heavy freaking time. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us were feeling the weight of that time. What did I want to do? I wanted to smoke cannabis and play video games. So I played a shit ton of Madden,
0: and <laughs> I
1: smoked a lot of cannabis. I
2: wouldn't have thought you were a Madden player. I didn't think that's what was going to come out of you No, know, I've had
1: <laughs> I've had days, and I've gone through uh, I've gone through periods in my life. Uh, I I like video games a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I, I at first it was. At first it was some of the sports games and you know, those are easy to play with people but then I got really into role playing games and and then at a certain point, you know, I realized to invest in any of those things in any kind of substantial way, you have to be pouring in a lot of time. As with anything in life, you know, in any uh, positive pursuit and I realized that uh, my time is better spent on other pursuits pursuits. and in fact again that i that i need to invest in those things in order to carve out uh, my place in the world Um, rather than you know uh, getting the dopamine hit of being rewarded and leveling up in a game i I was like uh, maybe i'll level up in real life life. (laughs) right um but you know, the, the idea that, like, if, if, again, to go back to our, some of our previous conversation, if someone would have had a window into my life in that time and been able to, you know, just to like have a little camera that, like, watch me there, they would have been like, oh, this degenerate. Like, what are they doing? You know? Um, but that was actually a, you know, and I, and I did, I continued to, my commitments to myself were to uh, play guitar and sing and, I think, write a little bit every day. So I was mm-hmm. still doing at least, you know, those things for, Maybe 15 minutes each throughout the That's day. That's around the time that I re met you and we can Um I think that was a little a little later. That. How was it? I, you know, maybe it was. Maybe it was a little before that. Maybe it was a little before that. Maybe it a little bit before yeah. that. Before the pandemic hit, I feel like. Because I was. Yeah. Yeah Maybe or after That is that Oh is my god I don't 2020. know 2020 I lose at least, Maybe it was later that year It was later uh, that year and, Yeah But Yeah so You know What came out of that Was last year I um, I released my musical debut Wild Love Seven Songs You Ooh, know whoop. We were We were named uh, Top 10 um, One of the top 10, 10 albums Of 2021 By Milwaukee Journal Sentinel And 88.9 And I realized That that body of work, that would not have... Now, I wrote most of the songs towards the end of that year, starting in November, but it would not have been possible if not for that period where I was really allowing myself to, like, recover from the, like, psychological abuse that the industrial work system places on us. So, my take on this is yeah you know what you will have to be we have to be prepared for the fallout of decisions so yeah when you give people you know uh, universal basic income or if we were in to institute this you know future world economy yeah be prepared for people to sit around for a little while yeah I think for six months for a year for maybe 18 months before you know where they like get to chill for a little while and rel- like recover. Coming out of any abusive situation or relationship or whatever, we all need that time to recover and we take it. And sometimes yeah. we don't realize that that's what it is. But then be prepared after people shed all of the nastiness of that experience for them to do really, really wonderful, creative things. Like That's my perspective.
2: Yeah, I think most people will do that if we provided it yeah um what would you do if, if, I, if, I, if I had if you had UBI? all the
1: freedom and you didn't have, yeah didn't have to worry about
2: um, um I, I so I I haven't worked full time I, I quit full time in um I quit full time last June I did seven months of of really light work I had money saved up um I was spending, I, I cut my expenses down to bare minimum, canceled a bunch of subscriptions. Um, so I was living on like 600 bucks a month. So I w- my goal was I want to work for money as little as possible. And, um, and that was that was a really cool period. And then it, and then it got really depressing because I, I didn't know what to do with myself. I ended up back in teaching. Um, but when I went back to teaching, I opted for 30 hours a week instead of oh when I was teaching before I was like 60 you know because um, they got you under salary you're teaching five sections you got uh, 200 students it's crazy um so I opted for part-time and uh now of course I'm on summer vacation from teaching and I'll go I'll go back into that part-time um, position in a few weeks um I like part-time work so I feel like even if I had UBI like I would work because I I even I was in a point in my life where i i basically didn't have to work very much at all but eventually i got depressed because it came back to i need it i'm here to do something i want to offer mm, myself in some right. way. i want to like
1: service the discovering others. what are we here yeah for.
2: yeah and and I, I just feel like i work as part of purpose to me um but i did i did uh you know, develop during those seven months and continue to develop really great hobbies, creative, creative hobbies. Um, You know, I'm writing scripts for a a limited series podcast that I'm going to, that I'm going to be releasing. I don't know when it's probably going to be a long time from now because we're going to put a lot of work into making a quality product. Do you have a name? Uh, It's going to be called being in balance, the art of having the best of both worlds or something like that. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, working, I mean, you know, I learned piano, uh, I was singing a lot and drawing and I retook up poetry writing and working on a novel that I'll never finish. And, uh, you know, but Someday. so, so Someday. like, even if I don't finish it, I, I love that I'm doing it. I, that's not the point to me necessarily. Um. It's just like being in motion. I just like doing stuff. Um, so yeah, I think if I had UBI, um, I would still work, and I and I'd work in some practical sense, um, in something communal, like teaching mm. or growing food, or you know, using carpentry skills to help fix and maintain people's homes and businesses. Um, I'd do some of that practical work
1: maybe something part, for yourself and then
2: i'd also do the, the creative stuff the artistic yeah. stuff the and just like playing sports and working out and doing yoga you know working on myself keeping myself healthy and, and and yeah playing around with creativity or reading and researching different topics that i think are interesting and just like checking up on my friends and 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 uh you know being there to 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 support my friends socially and, of course, socializing and talking to folks and um, creating culture. I don't think it would look that much different than what I'm doing now if I was on UBI.
1: That's a really nice thing to be able to say, right? And I think both of us can say something along those lines. And, uh, you know, that's while that's my reality, I also recognize it for a lot of other people. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, and then... Yeah, that that there are a lot of folks out there who are, are doing things that they have no kind of, maybe emotional or purposeful connection to just to put food I, on the table
2: But I, I, I just realized do our, Does our audience know what UBI is? We've been talking about it for like Did I say uh, universal, universal basic
1: <laughs> income? Yes, we should be using these words Because I can't handle when people use uh, Industry speak as acronyms say. that you don't know yeah. I've also heard it re- referred to as BIG Or B-I-G, basic income guaranteed Yeah And uh, Yeah, you know, my, my idea is that you know, again in, in my ideal world where yeah. we housing and and food and healthcare care and education are already taken care of um you know it's not so much even the need for money it's the need for something to exchange so we can move around right mm-hmm. like that's that's really what i've realized is that it's not so much like the idea of capitalism and money and like making money off of things, like no money is made. Let's, let's be very, very clear about this. It's all energy and it's, and it can move to different places. Um, what we describe as money these days is typically garnered from, you know, it, it's mined from the earth. Like th- I think that's where a lot of the quote unquote money or wealth comes from it comes from mining resources um, and then exploiting land
2: yeah yeah it comes from extracting resources from underground mm -hmm. or extracting resources from living ecosystems
0: yeah so in a harm-free
1: society (laughs) um, you know I mean essentially the society that a lot of people live in for the most part you're not directly maybe involved in the mining of those resources um, maybe you are directly, you know, sales. That's another kind of mining of resources, right? But you're mining people instead. Uh, like, again, think about the, all the things that are being pitched to people that you need to care about this and you need to spend money on this and you need to... Um, but for the most, you know, the most, of, the most of us are given money, we're all given money, we don't make money. We're given money for different reasons, different amounts, for different, you know, for different things. Um, And, and so, you know, essentially, the way that that, uh, the way that money plays itself out is, you know, we end up using it to pay for a lot of these basic things that we need, which are overpriced, which is unfortunate. But the rest of it is, is to allow us free movement. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where the value is in the exchange between people uh, and the ability to move about and to do so in a responsible way and and I don't know quite what that is yet because you know we've also found that well movement requires resources and uh, in fact creates you know some of the pollution that we're dealing with in terms of air, air travel and car travel and all of those things um, yeah money's interesting
2: it's um earlier I was sort of talking about like spirits I feel like m- money is like a its own spirit it's like this this idea of of exchange this um you know money yeah, like you were saying it doesn't do anything sitting somewhere right it it, it like if money sits somewhere it doesn't do anything it, it's the movement of money that matters right it's um it's like it's an incentive system. It's almost like a trick. It feels like a trick kind of that we're playing on ourselves. It's all
1: imaginary. Uh, yeah, it's all imaginary. Where ima- does it live?
2: But it's like you In give the- me the money and that incentivizes me to do something because then I can use the money to it is, to give it's to a some magic trick. It's a weird trick. It's a weird trick, but it be does, my slave
1: for a day but it works. and I will give you.
2: It works and it it, it it what it does is it lubricates and makes trade between people easier. Because it's a placeholder, so that, like, you know, if I've got, if I grow, like, lots of tomatoes, like I do in my backyard, Mm -hmm. and I can 20 jars of tomatoes, but, like, I want some asparagus or something, you know, but, like, nobody on my block has asparagus. So, like, well, in this future world
1: where people have the time to do (laughs) extra things and don't need to spend money on, you know, paying people for work necessarily if they didn't want to or where they live. Or maybe they would have the time and ability to grow asparagus or maybe you would trade your tomatoes for, you know, a, a knitted sweater from your uh, neighbor or I'm, something along I'm those lines. I'm definitely
2: into trying to create a world where less money is needed. I think largely because of what you just said about the transportation. It's almost like the, the, the money and the global transportation, it's just such... An energy waste, and it's so destructive to the planet, you know, to be getting my bananas from halfway around the world and to just like so many of the things are coming from so far away.
1: Yes, I I think this I think I think maybe in the short term that's not a bad idea to be to be able to pull back and say, Hey, like let's actually live within our means Mm -hmm. here. But I also feel like that brings up another conversation for me, which is like Okay, let's like actually do some innovation that doesn't hurt, right? So, mm-hmm. think about the idea of like, how can we create energy that will allow us to travel the globe and not pollute it? Um, some, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that this is the solution, but um, you know, nuclear energy is an energy that isn't talked about a lot, except in uh, you know, fear mongering, and there have been a couple of. Uh, you know well known mistakes uh where where nuclear power plants have blown up or whatever but there have been very very few if any you know ca- actual casualties from those um and what you know what if we can't find a way to advance a technology like that make it safer make it smaller you know think yeah. about an iron man i mean they are they are type of yeah like a energy. jetsons car you have a mini nuclear reactor in your car or or, yeah I mean
0: all I'm this, saying is, is, is there's,
2: a, there's a
1: future there's a possibility there's about possibilities nuclear? and opportunities that exist that we can't that we aren't even thinking about the, right now
2: the global elite or whatever if you believe in that kind of thing
1: I don't the, know the, the people I don't that know. control industry
2: they uh or, the, or if it's not the people they're all reptiles like, they're, right they're, is what
0: I hear
2: <laughs> I don't know Go, go. Uh, it's unlikely that they're reptiles. I'll say that much. Um, but I think they'll, they'll extract all of the oil and then switch to nuclear. Hmm. But I think right now uh, they don't care about global warming. I mean, if, if you're Russia, if you're Russia or Canada, um, all global warming means is that all of the frozen tundra, which is most of your land is going to thaw out and you're going to have awesome farmland yeah and when the Arctic is going to be the shit and when the arctic melts that's going to open up shipping lanes between russia and canada so they don't give
1: a crap so this is an so this (laughs) is again when you view the world in a scarcity mindset or in a tribal mindset or in this instance a nationalistic yeah mindset yes some of these things aren't issues because they're better for you Mm -hmm. in the place where you're sitting at right but if you take into account what's best for all of us then that that idea starts to change yeah how do how do we get people i guess that's the idea not how do we change to this this global system that would allow us all to think that way but how do we get people to think that way so we can transition to a system that allows all of us to be successful and doesn't uh, doesn't position any of us above or below others. Is it even possible?
2: i th- It's a really good question you know i because I personally have always sort of... Want like wanted to know the impacts of my actions on others. Like I've always sort of had this... Um, and I don't know if my parents taught me this or what. I was talking sort of poorly about my dad, but he really is somebody, despite all of his flaws, who instilled in me this idea that we should be thinking beyond ourselves and about how our actions are affecting other people and trying to maximize good in this world. And so um i don't I don't know how to get other people to a point where they care about how their actions are affecting others um, well, I
1: guess it's not a matter of get either right mm-hmm. because we want to if we're approaching if we're approaching it in this way of like you know I respect you and you respect me and we're all different we all have different you know beliefs and you can think what you want and you can go about the world in the way that you want um but but then there's an element of that like the good rippling out too that comes into this conversation and, and I guess how do you, how do we I guess the question is like how do we show people mm, right how, a different way of yes, being and how that. that can be more beneficial for survival than the way that we've been doing it right yeah I want to I jump in before I lose this thought that I just had
2: caring about others is a privilege in a way like I feel like because I came from a middle-class family like my parents had the time you know they're not super stressed out and working two jobs um trying to figure out like you know how to how to pay bills and stuff you know um So they have the time and energy from that place of safety and security that's provided by their economic privileges, their social privileges, being white and all of that, right? Um, To consider broader effects of their actions on, on other people, right? So first of all, like, recognizing that, so... Again, it comes back to being able to provide safety and security for other people so that they can also be in a place where they also have that privilege to take time to consider how their actions are affecting other people, right? Because, like, if if I've been screwed over by the world and and I just feel like I'm struggling and, like the people with power are, are out to get me and, and they got their boot on my neck and, and I and I don't got anything to show for all my hard work because the systems are just... Like A reasonable the, point of view. Like, how... What do I care about, you know, somebody in some other country or global warming or or, or even, like, you know, I just... I, I don't
1: have,
2: I don't have the energy if I'm in that position. It
1: could. It could also create an understanding in you of... How difficult it is to be in this world and to give that grace to other people, because you know what you've experienced. I think there, are, you know, sure. there are different ways that people can take any Definitely. of these things, right? Definitely.
2: And and yeah, and having privilege doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna take. The, I mean, right? It, that, you right, might just that get, that get make sucked make into you the more game of getting more and more money, and like you Which, know, I, I'm better because I worked harder and all and all of that type of thinking. But I like what you said about showing people how it's done. And that's kind of what I've tried to do in my life, was I stopped trying to tell people the right way and just was like, Aaron, stop and just live your life the very best way that you can. And, and like, be happy. And uh, other people will see it. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll be like, wait a minute, what, what, is, what is he doing over there? Like, how, how is he doing that? And for me, a big part of finding my happiness was, was giving up on... I've never been really materialistic, but, but um, you know, the TV, the culture, the advertisement, the salesman, the advertising psychology, the, the
1: Instagram influencers. Telling them all out. Yeah, you got to turn that stuff off man. We need quiet. We need quiet. I just you know, this is coming i I'm I meditate regularly um, Honestly, I spend a lot of time with myself, but just realizing
0: We all need
1: quiet if we're going to and this is coming from the point of view of a musician and a singer you know <laughs> like in order to make that noise whatever that noise is going to be for us in our lives, right like that that thing that we're giving, that we're putting out into the world, we need to create that quiet, or we need to create that environment that allows us to really be able to hear ourselves so that when we, we do come out and speak and we say something, you know, that it, that it does resonate in those kinds of ways. That it's good. It's good.
2: Yeah, so, yeah I don't know. I guess by showing people how to be, like the big big lie in my mind, the big lie is that by buying the products that are made in the factories from resources that are extracted from the living earth, right, when we buy those products, the lie is that it will make us happy. And we watch a very convincing display on the screen of people consuming products and possessing products built in the created in these factories and and these people have been paid they are paid actors and their faces light up and they're happy. Right. And and <laughs> it tricks us. We have been tricked. It works.
0: Mm. Yeah. But
2: it doesn't work well enough that when we buy the Big Mac or the car or the the jewelry or you know it it doesn't make us happy the same way that having a little bit of extra time to find quiet and take
1: deep breaths and learn how to do yoga and making or making a cup of tea or drawing a bath or reading a book at night things
2: having simple a conversation things. with a friend so i i I, w- I guess my advice is like stop working so much for money Stop buying so many products and spending so much money and doing what the, the media or the TV or, or stop like being mad at yourself because you don't have an upper middle class lifestyle with a Lexus and you going out to eat every night. Like, like just like give up on that. Work less for money. And I mean,
1: find more the, on ourselves.
0: And our communities, what is, our relationships. Define
1: what is success for me. You know, what does happiness in the process look like? Because I realize if, you know, and I think it's good to work toward things,
0: Mm -hmm. but I also
1: think it's good to find contentedness in our lives where we are, because if we're always working toward a future eventual space where then we'll be happy, you never get there, because there's always that better. And I think that better is good, but we have to find a place to be or way to be where we are now.
2: Mm. Yeah. It's another one of those um, sort of dualities, right? Like a paradox. You have to be content and also be striving for better and, you know,
1: oscillating between those two realities. The world life is contradiction. I believe that. So... I feel like we've I feel like we've touched a lot of things. Um, I wanna I wanna ask one more question before mm-hmm. I let you go here. Yeah. Um, do you think about death? What mm. is that like for you? Mm. Um, how do you want to be remembered? What do you want people to say about you? What does your funeral look like? Um, well, I'll
2: say. I, I, I could die today, and I think there would be some people who would be sad about that. Probably a lot more than I realize. Um, but I would, be, I would die happy, and I would die knowing that I, I have faith that I've created more positive ripples in, in my life and with my decisions and actions than I have created negative ones um and I, I so i could die today knowing that and i would die happy knowing that that i would mostly i think be remembered as somebody um who was loving and caring and and who was good and um so that's comforting <laughs> um i like the celebration of life funeral
1: idea um yeah, so the other day I was like, make mine a part." I want a party. Yeah, I want a party. Uh, when my friend's dad died like a,
2: a year ago, um, we uh, we had a party, a costume party. Because Max liked costumes. Um, I think, did we sing karaoke at that party? We did. And I think Max... Um, yeah, that was his wishes that we, that we have a party. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's what I'd like. I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't want people to be sad because I, I think, uh, we, each of us is so special, right? Unique. We have our particular place and time in this world that we were placed into, And that makes us unique we have a unique set of circumstances and we have a unique combination of of spirits which have come through us and and are embodied in us but um, but also we're not you know all of the pieces that make me up are contained within others so when I go I have not been lost right I still exist all of the pieces that make me up are, are in others and and so the world has not lost anything really I don't think and because the universe is process you know it's everything is changing and and I'm just part of a process and like I said I'm doing my best to to be a positive process and to create positive outcomes and to to show positive ways of being and spread goodness and safety and security and love.
1: I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Maybe that means it's a good place to stop. Thank you so much for listening. We uh, we appreciate you. I hope you got something out of this conversation. Please carry it into your own lives, and uh, you know, uh, meet those people that you come across with uh, with compassion and kindness, and uh, and with that understanding that we we are all one, and uh, that, you know, we're a mirror for each other, and we can we can all improve. Um, Again, this is In Momentary Life and I am Jabril Youssef, we had a wonderful conversation with Aaron Taylor today. Again, if you want to hear the first part, I'm going to say, I hope this is fair, the first part of this conversation is on the Regular People podcast uh, and and maybe you'll understand some of the places we got to based off of uh, where that went. If you like what we're doing here, if you like what I am doing, um, please consider joining our Patreon community, everything that people give there uh, goes to producing works like this, um, helping me get to where I'm going on tour and literally feeding and sheltering and clothing me. Um, And you know, the more that, uh, the more that we're able to do this and the, the more that we have, you know, it allows us to reach more people and hopefully to ripple out more of that good into the world so um i would love to have you there and be able to interact with you uh you can follow me at jabril youssef everywhere and uh just keep living your lives and uh no matter what don't ever stop being you
0: Thanks for listening to In Momentary Life. If you like what you heard, please don't keep us to yourself. Tell your friends and family, make a post on your social media pages, and consider joining our Patreon community at patreon.com slash Shabriel Youssef. Until next time, stay free, live your life to the fullest, and you keep being you. Thank you.